0: We are already in the third week of our series, The Master's Design. This study will help us understand God's design for our family as we learn together the specific roles and the unique responsibilities of each of the family members according to God's plan and design. We pray that the Lord will use this series to help us live out our lives for the glory of God and for our good. The last two weeks, we've looked at God's design for families and we've also looked at the role of the wife. And today, we will learn about the role of the husband. Our title is God's Kind of Husband. Our, our text is found in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 to 33. Let's read our passage together. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 to 33. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the savior of the body. So husbands ought also to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. Just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh this mystery is great but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church nevertheless each individual among you also is to love his own wife even as himself and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband this passage is a quite a long passage but here is our key lesson for today how can we be God's kind of husband God's kind of husband follows the example of our Lord Jesus Christ. A godly husband loves sacrificially, lives diligently, and cares tenderly. God's kind of husband follows the example of our Lord Jesus Christ. A godly husband loves sacrificially, lives diligently, and cares tenderly. And to unpack this truth, we will answer these four essential questions. These are, why is becoming God's kind of husband important? If being God's kind of husband is important, then why is it so neglected? And what is becoming God's kind of husband is all about? And how can it be best accomplished? And let's go to the first question. Why is becoming God's kind of husband important? You see, there are three reasons why. The first, because God's commanded. Three times in the passage that we read, Paul commands the husband to love their wives. Look at verse 25. It says, Husband, love your wives. It's in the imperative. And there are two more verses. Verse 28 and 33. So husband ought also to love their own wives as their own bodies. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife even as himself. Now here's the point. Becoming God's kind of husband is not an option. Becoming a loving husband is not a suggestion. Rather, it is God's command. And because it is God's command, therefore we ought to obey him. Because it is for God's glory and it is for our good. And here's the next reason. Jesus modeled it. Verse 25, Husband, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. You see, Jesus is married. He is a husband. And who is his wife? It is us, the church. And how did Jesus treat his wife? Jesus loved his bride and he sacrificed himself and gave himself for her. Now, if you say you're a Christian, then it means you are a follower of Christ. And if you claim to be a Christian but you are not following the Lord Jesus, then there's something wrong and there's a problem. Perhaps you are not a true believer or you are living in sin. Now, here's the point being a Christian means that Jesus is our master and we ought to follow him. And how do we follow him? We follow his commands and teachings, and we also follow his example. That is one way to show that we are truly his disciples, and that is one way to show that we truly love him. Now, Jesus, the perfect husband, modeled to us what it's like to be God's kind of husband, and we are to follow his example. God calls us to love our wives, and when we do that, we are becoming more and more like Christ. Next, what's the third reason? Why is it becoming God's kind of husband important? Here's the third reason. It displays Christ's relationship with his bride, the church. Verse 32. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. What is this mystery about? Paul says that God created marriage for a bigger reason. In other words, our marriage relationship is not just about us. Rather, our marriage is all about God and for his greater purpose. You see, God meant to use our marriage for it to be a visual illustration of God's love towards his people. Our marriage is to reflect God's image. As one author said, God made man in his image. So he made earthly marriage in the image of his own eternal marriage with his people. You see, the original pattern is God's marriage to his people. And the copy is the human marriage between a husband and wife. In other words, our marriage relationship is to reflect and to display the living commitment between God and his people. We are to display God's covenant love between Christ and the church in our marriage relationship. So husbands, be God's kind of husband because this is one concrete way to honor God and glorify him. And that is the most important motivation that we can have. Now let's go to the second question. Why is becoming God's... Uh, kind of husband so neglected, if it's so important, here's one reason, because it is counter to our nature. You see, being a godly husband is against our fallen nature. It is not automatic. The Bible tells us that we are sinners. And do you know what is the DNA of sin? The DNA of sin is selfishness. In other words, the focus of sin is self. Sin does not consider others. Rather, sin is only concerned with self. And that is a big problem. And as we learned last time in Romans chapter 7, sin is still inside of us, even though we are now God's people. And the sin in us hinders us from becoming God's kind of person and God's kind of husband. Now, since we are sinners, we will still be tempted to love ourselves. More than we love God and we love others, we will still struggle to live for ourselves instead of living for the kingdom of God. Now think about your last fight with your spouse or with your child or with someone else. Think about your last argument. Did you get angry because that person violated the laws of God? Most likely not. You see, we usually get hurt, angry, or disappointed because someone broke the loss of our own kingdom. They failed us and somehow they got in the way of something that we really wanted. And that is why many of us struggle to be God's kind of people because we are sinful and self-centered. We orient our relationship to make it more of us. And it's all about us. Our relationship only exists for our needs, our wants, our preferences, our convenience. So may the Lord help us. Now, becoming God's kind of husband is neglected because marriage is complicated. What makes it complicated? We live with a fallen spouse. We are sinners married to a sinner. Now, think about it. According to Genesis 3.16, marriage becomes a battleground. After Adam and Eve sinned and rebelled against God, the Lord pronounced the effect of sin in their relationship. Genesis 3.16. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. Because of the sin, the husband would rule over his wife. Because of sin, a husband's tendency is to dominate his wife with a heavy hand. And in return, the wife would desire to control and manipulate the, her husband. In other words, marriage become a battle between sexes. God's original design is for marriage to, have, to be a place of love and intimacy But sadly, sin destroyed and damaged and corrupted God's design. And add to it, we live in a fallen world. We live in a world that is broken and full of pain. And the difficulties and pressures would further put a strain on our marriage relationship. And that makes it more complicated. And here's the next reason. Becoming God's kind of husband is neglected because it is costly. It is costly. Why? Because to be God's kind of husband, it requires for us to deny ourselves. God requires for us to deny ourselves. Look at Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus said, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Did you hear that? As followers of Christ, Jesus calls us to deny ourselves. Not only that, Christ calls us to die to ourselves, to take up our cross. And how often are we to die? Christ calls us to die daily. It is a daily dying. And that is something difficult. And here is what makes it difficult. Self-denial is difficult because we live in a convenience culture. We live in a society in which we choose what is convenient over what is costly. All we want is what is easy and instantly pleasurable. And that is challenging because being a godly husband is costly. And not only that, being God's kind of husband is painful because it involves dying to self and there are no shortcuts to it. It will cost us our life, our time, our effort. It will cost us our convenience. For example, denying yourself may mean exerting effort to connect with your wife, even if it's something hard for you to do. It may mean listening well to improve your communication with your spouse. Dying to self may mean limiting your time outside at work or your hobbies so that you can be available to your family. It could mean taking care of the children so that you could wi- so that your wife could have enough time to rest and have her quiet time with God as well. Denying yourself may mean giving up your pride. It may mean first be the one to, first, uh, to ask for forgiveness so that your spouse and you could be reconciled. And dying to yourself may mean giving up your anger bitterness, greed, and discontentment. So, dear brothers, becoming God's kind of husband is difficult because it is counter to our nature. It is costly and only God transform us from the inside out. Only God can help us to change and have that lasting change in us. Now, here's the third question. What is becoming God's kind of husband all about? What is it all about? You see, to be God's kind of husband is to follow the example of our Lord Jesus Christ, the perfect husband. And like Christ, God's kind of husband loves sacrificially, leads diligently, and cares tenderly. Let's look at this um, next passages. First is in verse twenty-five. Christ sacrificed for his bride. Christ sacrificed for his bride. Therefore, as God, as God's kind of husbands, we ought to also love. Self sacrificially. Verse 25, husband, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. You see, God calls us to be lovers. Christ died for the church and husbands in the same way we can show our love to our wife by dying to ourselves and sacrificially loving our wives. How do we do that? Philippians 2 3 4 tells us. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. You see, this concept is similar to denying ourselves and dying to ourselves. Husbands, sacrificing for your wives, meaning you should be willing to die for your wife, literally. And that's the most extreme case. But sacrificing for our wives also includes the little things. It could mean coming home early to help your wife take care of the kids. It could mean patiently overlooking your spouse's offense. It could mean running errands and fixing some things around the house. Now, you don't have to guess how can you sacrifice for your wife. You can ask her directly. And I suggest you consider asking these two questions. Ask your wife these two questions. Honey, what do you need? Second, dear, how can I help you today? So try that. Tell your wife, honey, what do you need? And second, dear, how can I help you today? Try it for one week. Ask your wife and by God's grace, do your best to love and sacrifice for your wife. Again, God calls us to die to ourselves and to love our wives sacrificially. Be a hero to your spouse. Now, sometimes loving our wife may also require bigger sacrifices. You may need to forfeit climbing the corporate ladder, or it may mean giving up a business opportunity. Especially if you know if saying yes to those opportunities would eat away more time away from your family and marriage. Making a bigger sacrifice may also mean allowing your wife to stop working. It could mean to adjust your budget and to adjust your lifestyle so that your wife could focus more on the home and the family. Also, making more significant sacrifice to your spouse may mean giving up a dream or career so that you can care for your wife when she becomes ill. I remember the story of Dr. Wayne Grudem. He is known as the author of systematic theology, which most Bible students are required to read. In September 2001, Dr. Grudem decided to move from Chicago to Arizona. For what reason? It's for the sake of his wife, Margaret. You see, Margaret suffered from a, a medical condition that caused her to live in constant pain. And there is no known cure. And her pain is aggravated by the winter in Chicago, where, where they live. And their best option, they discovered, was to relocate to Arizona because the climate there was dry and hot. But here's the problem. Dr. Grudem has been teaching in Trinity Evangelical Divinity School for 20 years, and it was not an easy decision. But Dr. Grudem and Margaret prayed and sought godly advice. And what helped Dr. Grudem made his decision is his reflection in Ephesians 5.28. It says, even so, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. And so Dr. Grudem asked himself, if I were living with the pain that my wife is living with, will I transfer location? Of course I would, because I love myself. Eventually, after much prayer and godly counsel, Dr. Grudem decided to move to Arizona. In the process, he left the place that's been a home for their whole family and for many years. And he left also the seminary where he's been teaching for almost two decades to start anew in a smaller seminary. He made all these sacrifices for the sake of loving and serving his wife. Now, before leaving Trinity, Dr. Grudem shared some lessons that he learned through this experience. And here is one. He said, Husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I don't believe there is any conflict between following Ephesians 5 and following God's call for your ministry. In fact, First Peter 3.7 says that if I don't live with my wife in an understanding way, giving honor to her as a woman, then my prayers will be hindered. I could have the status of being a tenured professor at Trinity, but God would not be pleased because I would not be living biblically. And what blessing would there be in that? You see, it's almost 20 years since Dr. Grudem made that decision. And praise God, the Lord is faithful and he blessed Dr. Grudem for his sacrifice. The seminary reduced his teaching load to support and nurture his writing ministry. And since then, Dr. Grudem has written several books which are a blessing to God's people today. Now, dear husbands, God invites us to do the same. Let us take that step of faith to love and sacrifice for our wives. Again, it will take faith for us to obey God in this area. Remember the vows that you've made before your wife and before God. You said... For better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, until death do you part. Now it's time to fulfill your vow. Love your wife and sacrifice for your wife. For God's glory. Husbands, every time we sacrifice for our wives, something beautiful happens. First, we reflect Jesus. We become more and more like Christ. And second, it reverses the effects of the fall and sin. As mentioned earlier in Genesis 3:16, because of sin, a husband's natural tendency is to rule over his wife with dominance and a heavy hand. But after Jesus redeemed us, he has given us a new heart and he gave us a new spirit to empower us so that we can die to ourselves and so that we can truly love God and love others, especially sacrifice for our wives. So may the Lord help us. You see becoming God's kind of husband is costly. But in the end, it will be all worth it because it is for God's glory and for our good. It is for God's glory and for our good. The next, Christ sanctifies his bride. Verse 26 to 27, Christ sanctifies his bride and thus, as God's kind of husband, God calls us to lead diligently. Verse 26, So that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her with the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. This verse tells us that Christ is continuously working to make his bride holy. And as husbands, how can we do the same? We need to embrace these two roles that God has called us. First, we need to be the leader that God calls us to be. And we need to do it diligently. God calls us to be a leader. Husbands, you are the spiritual leader of your home. This is your primary responsibility. And would you do your best to help your wife to know God and to help her grow spiritually? And as you do, may God help us. Now, here's the question. If we are called to lead our wife spiritually, the more important question is, do we know God? Are we walking in God's way? Do we have that growing relationship and intimacy with the Lord? And are we obeying his word? You see, before we, can live our, before we can lead our wives, we need to lead ourselves in our spiritual walk with God. Brothers, you cannot lead your wife spiritually if you are not growing in faith. And you cannot be God's kind of husband if you do not know God. So may the Lord help us. Now, here's another practical way that you can embrace this leadership role. Husband, take the initiative. And how can you do that? Pastor John Piper gives a simple advice. He said the husband should be the one who should most often say, let us or let's. For example, tell your wife, honey, let's talk. Let's pray together. Dear, let's take a walk. Let us get the kids ready for bed. Sweetheart, let's have a date. Let's have a year-end Thanksgiving retreat. Let's plan and set our faith goals for next year. Honey, let's join a discipleship group. Or dear, let us serve together. And dear, let us reconcile. Husbands, don't only focus on getting more and earning more money or even resolving more problems at work. Be God's kind of leader, first and foremost, in your home and take the initiative in your marriage. This is a high calling from the Lord. Second, God also calls us to be a learner. Part of our calling as a spiritual leader at home is to be a learner as well. You see, you need to know your flock. You, and the primary sheep that you need to guide is who? It is your wife. You need to lead and learn more about your wife. Again, what's the goal in leading our wife? It is to lead her to be holy, to grow spiritually, and to become more like Christ. And we need to learn a lot of things about her so that we can help her grow in Christ likeness. We need to lead our wife and target her heart. And these are some questions that you need to answer to help you learn more about your wife. So consider asking this question. What are her strengths and weaknesses? What are the things that she likes and dislikes? What are her spiritual gifts? What are her goals and dreams? What are her deep desires? What are her fears and worries? What temptations does she face? And what are the idols in her heart that become her functional gods? You see, these are important and essential questions to answer. Now, you may say, I'm sorry, pastor, I can't do that. I'm not really a learner. Now, if you you say that, think again. Remember when you started your business or your career? Isn't it that you need to learn a lot? what products to make or sell, how to market these items, how to improve your systems, or what kind of people to hire. Or you also learn what systems and controls to set up, or how to improve the system to make it more cost-efficient, and so on and so forth. You see, it's not really a matter of whether you are a learner or not. In reality, you are a learner, and it's really a question of your priority and where your heart is. So, dear brothers, be God's kind of husband as a leader, as a learner, and also as a lover. Now, embracing this calling will require much time and effort. So husbands, be diligent, lead diligently, learn diligently, love diligently, rely on God's strength as he helped you to grow with your wife spiritually. May God help us. And as the Apostle Paul says in Colossians 1, 28-29, we need to do this. We proclaim him admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. We need to be diligent and we need to rely on God's strength as he works in us and through us, as we lead and learn about our wife, as we love our wives. Remember, God's kind of husband leads diligently. The next Christ sustains and cares for his bride. Verse 28 to 30. Thus, God's kind of husband cares tenderly. Look at verse 28. So husband ought also to love their own wives as their bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one even hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church. Because we are members of his body. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife, even As himself. This passage shows us two more aspects of the husband's role. He is to be a provider. Provider. Husbands, just like Christ, we need to provide and care for our bride. Why? Because she is not merely our partner, she is our other half. She is actually literally our body. And you and your wife, you are now both one. You are now one flesh. Now, look at the words that Paul used here nourish and cherish both words express emotional tenderness and concern the word nourish means to nurture and to provide the necessary items for growth and health you see christ provides for our needs so in the same way god's kind of husband tenderly provides for his wife's physical and practical needs also the word nourish likens the marriage to a garden and God caused the husband to be the primary caretaker of this garden. Now, husband, reflect on the garden of your marriage. Are you carefully taking care of it? Is your marriage blooming? Is it something beautiful? Or are there now many weeds that have grown due to your neglect? May the Lord help us. The next word is cherish. In the original Greek, this word means warm with body heat. It's also a word that pictures a mother tenderly caring for her baby. Now, husbands, how do you cherish your wife? You see, we can cherish her by warming her heart, by making her feel special, secure, and valued. Value your wife as a priceless treasure. Get out on a date. Be lovers again. Have another honeymoon, even if it's something simple. Invest in your marriage. Because the Bible says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. So cherish and nourish your wife. And husbands, tenderly care for your wife. I heard of this beautiful story of Nei Jianwen. He's from China and a truck driver based on Shanghai. And he takes his paralyzed wife everywhere he goes. And he looks after her even when he is working as a truck driver. You see, he is the sole caregiver of her wife. He, he washed her daily, changing her clothes, and even helping her put on makeup. Their love story began 20 years ago. It was actually love at first sight. Sadly, Nay's wife suffered brain hemorrhage back in 2020 and leaving the entire right side of her body paralyzed. The wife was paralyzed on one side. As mentioned, Nei was based in Shanghai and it is thousands of kilometers away from his hometown but he decided to take his wife to be on the road with him so that he could care for her full-time. Since then, he has taken care of her daily physical needs. However, his truck has limitations. Um, it does not have any bathroom, and the challenge is also finding a toilet on the highway. And sometimes the wife soils the bed, but Nay nee always cleans up the mess without complaining. And many were amazed at his dedication, and he said he could only make up for uh, his wife's sacrifice for the past 10 years. You see, he did his best to sacrifice for his wife because he loved her. And he said, he's the only thing that is most important to him. So husbands, God calls us to do the same. Let us cherish and nourish our wives and let us take care of them. And that leads us to the next aspect of our role. Protector. A husband is called to be a protector. Husbands, protect your wife physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Protect your wife physically. Of course, God is our ultimate protector. But do your best to protect your wife physically to keep her away from harm and danger. When my wife and I got married, we looked for a place to rent. And one thing that I specifically look for is a place that has good security. Even though the rent was a bit higher, I was willing to pay for it because for me, it's important that I protect my wife physically and I want to do my best to keep my wife from harm. Now, God calls us also to protect our wife emotionally. How do we do that? As mentioned earlier, care tenderly for your wife. Connect with her. Listen to her. Create a safe space where she can be openly uh, where she can openly share her thoughts and feelings. There's a beautiful quote also that uh, Dr. Grudem said, a well-functioning head has ears. Yes, the husband is the head, but he needs to have ears. And that means that the husband needs to listen to the wife. So God calls us to use our ears to connect with our wife, to connect with them at an emotional level. Let's comfort them when they're hurting. Encourage your wife when she is down. What else? bear her burdens and continue courting her. And yes, all those cheesy stuff. Now, I I know these things works. You know why? Because it was my wife who suggested all these things and she uh, gave me these ideas also. So again, I also need to grow in this area. And so dear husbands, may God help us to grow in this area specifically in learning how to protect and connect with our wives emotionally. Also, protect your wife spiritually. How? Pray for her. That's the most basic thing that you can do. Pray for her. And if your wife is not a believer, all the more you need to pray for her. That may God would open her eyes to the gospel. And another thing to protect your wife is to counsel or instruct her with the word of God. As 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us, All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and training in righteousness. Think about it. Satan attacked the first family by tempting Eve with lies that sounds true and appealing. And the same is true today. Satan attacks our families by planting lies and seeds of doubts in our hearts against God. And how can we counter those lies? We need to fight it with the sword of the Spirit, with the Word of God. Again, let's review. God's kind of husband as God's kind of husband, he, God calls us to be a lover, a leader, a learner, provider, and protector. And may the Lord help us to be God's kind of husbands. And that leads us to the next and final question: How can it be best accomplished? Yes, you may say, Pastor. Yes, I'm fully convinced. God's kind of husband follows the example of the Lord Jesus Christ. And yes, I want to love my wife sacrificially. I want to lead her diligently, and I want to care for her tenderly. But how can we be helped? The bar is too high and the requirements are too great. Is there hope for us? And that is the question that we need to answer. And the answer is, yes, there is good news. There is hope because God gives us these three resources to help us become God's kind of husband. And what are those? First, it is God's spirit. Remember the immediate context of Ephesians 5, 21 to 23. Yes, Paul says to the wives, wives submit to your husbands and husbands sacrificially love your wives. These are Paul's commands and these are God's commands through Paul. But obeying these commands should be based on Ephesians 5.18. And what does it say? It says, do not get drunk with wine, rather be filled with the Spirit. You see, it is the Spirit of Christ in us who could empower us to be God's kind of husband. Because without God in our lives, it will be difficult and it will really be impossible to obey these commands. But it is through Christ and his Spirit in us that would help us. The Spirit would convict us of our sin. The Spirit would help us to die in our pride. The Holy Spirit would enable us to love our enemy, especially if that enemy is our spouse, if that enemy is our wife or our husband. It is the Holy Spirit who would empower us to forgive others as Christ forgive us. And again, may God's Holy Spirit transform us from the inside out. And we are to do this diligently as we partner with God, as we do our effort and um, express holy sweat as we die to ourselves and live for Christ. Now, here's the second resource that God has given us. God's word. God's word, As the psalmist tells us, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. You see, God has given us his word as our map and compass to help us navigate through the complexities of our marriage relationship and the complex issues of life in general. And the scripture is our ultimate resource of wisdom to help us follow God's design in our life, in our marriage, in our parenting, and every aspect of our lives. And you see, God's word is also like a mirror. When we read the Bible, it exposes what's really inside our hearts, our sins, our shortcomings. And God uses his word to teach us, to rebuke us, to correct us, and to train us to become God's kind of husbands. Now, the question is, are you rooted in the word of God? Are you cultivating your inner life with scripture? Are you using the entire word of God so that you can be Christ-like in every way? You see, one pastor said this beautifully. It takes the whole Bible to produce a whole Christian. Let me repeat that. It takes the whole Bible to produce a whole Christian. So brothers, read God's word, study God's word, meditate on God's word, and more importantly, apply God's word into your life. Let it renew your mind and practice putting on and putting off. And through the Spirit of God, may we grow in more and more like Christ in our marriage. And the last, God's people. God's people. God has given us His people as we journey towards becoming God's kind of people that He called us to be. God did not intend for us to do it on our own. Instead, the Lord placed us in spiritual families so that we can be helped and so that we can learn together and to grow more like Christ. You see, God has given us pastors and elders to shepherd us and teach us God's word. God has given us leaders and discipleship groups to guide us and help us to be accountable to the Lord and to each other. God has given us each other so we can encourage one another, sharpen one another, support each other, and carry each other's burden. And God has given us inspiration and role models of faith through the godly men and women, both in our local church and the universal church that God has provided. Again, the question is, are we taking advantage of these rich resources that God has provided for our spiritual growth? May the Lord help us. Again, let's review what we've covered. God's kind of husband follows the example of our Lord Jesus Christ. A godly husband loves sacrificially, leads diligently, and cares tenderly. He is a lover, a leader, a learner, provider, and protector. God's kind of husband follows the example of our Lord Jesus Christ. A godly husband loves sacrificially, leads diligently, and cares tenderly. Now let's go to the reflection and application. To be God's kind of husband, what can we do to apply these things? I hope you would consider answering and reflecting on these questions. The first, in what areas do I need to grow as a lover, as a leader, as a learner, as a provider and protector? What are the things that I need to stop doing starting today? What are the things that I need to start doing What are the things that I need to keep on doing? What specific help do I need? And who are the people who can support me? Dear brothers, dear friends, dear church, let us do our best to be God's kind of persons. Let us do our best to be God's kind of husband for God's glory and for our good. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your message through the Apostle Paul. Thank you, Lord, for your reminder that indeed you first love us. And that is why we experience this gift of salvation. Thank you that while we were still your enemies, you died for us and you love us and you sacrifice for us. Thank you for your goodness and grace, even though that we are undeserving. Forgive us for many times that we have failed to love others as you have loved us. Forgive us for failing to love our wives sacrificially. We only love ourselves and do not consider others, Lord God, but we only focus on ourselves. Forgive us, O Lord. Help us, O God, to understand your gospel, your grace, so that we can extend that same love to others, especially to our family members, especially to our wife, our children, our loved ones, and the people around us. Help us, O God, to be God's kind of persons that you called us to be. Empower us with your spirit. And as we read your word, give us that hunger and thirst. Allow us to be deeply rooted and connected in you. Motivate us, O God. Help us to cultivate our inner life. As we read your word, Lord Holy Spirit, help us to understand it and renew our minds and heart. Revive our hearts so that we can have that passion to obey you. Lord, as we face our challenges, be the one to guide us. Give us wisdom, give us strength, give us healing, give us courage. May your presence go with us. Lord, remind us of the assurance that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you, Lord, for your word. May we honor you in every way. May we glorify you and may we experience the blessing of obeying you and living for Christ and for others, for your glory, for our good. Thank you, Lord. As you bow your head, receive this benediction. As you pursue to be God's kind of person, to be God's kind of husband, may the Lord himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you again for joining us. May God's word empower us and inspire us to live for him, for his glory, and for our good. See you again next time. God bless us all.